0: to the laughing monkey music show Taylor, on frank and andrew from highway 61 how are you
1: hey we're doing great
0: thanks thanks for having us Glad well, i'm glad i could have you guys i came across your album and actually i wasn't even aware that you know frank was in it and you guys uh i don't know even how it came into my feed like like itunes or something and I, i'm always digging through and checking recommendations so it was a nice treat i mean ironically saying earlier i have a lot of music i've heard of frank that i didn't like always pops in there at he's in so many bands i didn't,
1: <laughs> yeah, you never it's know like, where it's gonna show up.
0: He's like, the, yeah, the Kevin Bacon of uh, like a rock and roll, like the Eight Degrees. So uh pleasantly surprised once again. And but the band's great. You want to start off talking about like the, the formation of of this band itself? Like uh, the it's like a
2: anyone? Yeah, I mean, when we <laughs> we we started in high school. Actually, I was in high school. I think Andy was in college, but this is back in like the. Late '80s, and uh, you know, I was playing with like my friends from high school, and wanted to start playing with actual musicians. And Andy and I met through an ad in this uh, out here. It's called the Recycler. I don't yeah. know if you guys have the Recycler, but it's you know no, like a classified yeah. ads thing. A lot of musicians meet through that. And uh, the original band we formed uh, essentially became Highway 61 over you know many gigs and many years. And so we had made a uh, did a few years as Highway 61, made a lot of demos and stuff, but never got a record deal. Um, And by the early 90s, it broke up, but we stayed friends. I went on to do my own music career. And then uh, pretty recently, we reunited and made this new album, Driving South, which is mainly the best of the old material, but uh, a brand new song on it called Black Magic. And um, Andy, you can take it from there. But that's sort of the the history of how we got here.
1: yeah well basically uh we had not played together for many many years but we stayed friends and occasionally we'd get together and play but not very often and um uh a couple years ago i asked frank to help me out with the song that i was working on and it came together really nicely and that turned out to be black magic which is the new song on the new album and it came out really nicely, so we got decided to get the rest of the guys together and That's record cool. the best of the old stuff and the, this new song that we got. So you guys had pretty much the same sound early on, or is it just
0: a revamped as you've been musicians so much longer now? You know?
2: Uh, yeah, we didn't really change this or have to update the songs very much. We we kind of always had a sound. We were all you know, we were really really into classic rock, so sort of Tom Petty meets Rolling Stones, maybe a little Black Crow's Faces, uh, that kind of sort of classic bluesy rock stuff. We were all big Stevie Ray Vaughan fans. And so all that stuff is kind of what Highway 61 always sounded like. And I think if anything, we were pleasantly surprised, you know, when we went back to the old material and started, cause we wrote a lot of material. We, there were a few obvious choices as to what would make the record, but we were like, I don't know, let's listen to it all again. Maybe, maybe some songs that we didn't think were as strong will suddenly seem strong or, or vice versa. Some songs that sounded great back in the day, we're like, nah, uh, <laughs> and that was, was the case. But in general, I didn't really find that we had to like update any of them. Like the lyrics were all pretty strong. The arrangements were real tight. We did a lot of work, we have all these rehearsal tapes that we sort of unearthed recently, and you can look at the dates and it's like we would rehearse three times a week and do three gigs a week, like for weeks and weeks and months and months and we were playing and constantly going up the coast and doing these like biker festivals and blues festivals and um, you know we definitely put in the work to become a good band um so it's when we picked it back up 33 years later it wasn't like we had to go like oh a lot of this material needs you know just some, right. some nuggets you know that was, was all strong material it was just a matter of like well what's gonna make for a good you know album like a 10 song album we've still got plenty of songs and we've written a lot of new songs so you know i think we've always been lucky in that way songwriting was never really our our issue i think I think our biggest issue back in the early 90s was the goofy, frilly shirts that we wore. <laughs> if you look at their, and our <laughs> hair, you look back, uh, back at the pictures back then, it's like, holy mackerel, what were we wearing? But, you know, it was the 90s. Everyone wanted to be, uh, everyone wore flowing, billowy shirts and then super tight pants and cowboy I My thought was like,
0: for, for all you guys, when you're playing out, I mean, 30 years later, you may do one thing and be like, you know what? I've been playing for 30 years now. You know you made your skill levels changed obviously so oh, for sure maybe, so when you play a riff you're like you know what i couldn't do this i was kind of like you know i couldn't do a bar chord like whatever you know that's an easy example or something like but so you kind of embellish it differently so when you reapproach the songs you're like oh now i can do this better like you know we're all
2: way better players for sure i mean right. uh you know mike knutson our drummer he he never stopped playing he plays in tons of bands you know, I never stopped playing. and I play in tons of bands. Right. Andy took a break from playing, like, in a band, but was continuing to write music and stuff. And Russell plays, our bass player, plays in multiple bands. You know, he's just a working musician playing in cover yeah. bands and stuff. So, I mean, for the most part, like... You know, I definitely think like if, if at least for my part, I'd sing better now. If I listened back to my vocals then, I was trying to be really sort of flashy with my vocal runs a lot, and now I just kind of sing from the heart. And you know, I'd say I'm certainly a better guitar player, but I don't know that I, it changed my. For me, at least, I don't know about you, Andy, but it didn't really change my approach to how I played them. It's just now that if I get to a solo spot, I think I do a better solo. But you know, I, it's been 33 years. I would hope so. You know. <laughs>
1: I didn't change my approach a whole lot either. I think the biggest thing is that we just sort of have a little, the song sound, the recordings, the new recordings to me just sound a little more mature, a little more depth. It's not that we changed a lot. I think there's just some little subtle things about the way we play as more mature players that just makes the whole thing sound a little tighter. And of course, the keyboards are great. So,
0: Well, the album's solid. I mean, it, it sounds like a, a road-worn band, like you guys have been around for a long time. And not, we were, I break. mean, we
2: were road worn, it was just that our road worn was 33 years ago. Well, I'm uh-huh. saying but it, it sounds I mean, great,
0: though. I wouldn't have known that by listening to it. It sounds like you've been a touring band
2: for a couple yeah, of years, was- like dirt under the
1: fingernails type of rock.
2: Yeah. We had what
1: two rehearsals before the record, Frank?
2: Yeah, we just did, we had two nights of rehearsals, but we, but again, you know, this is material <laughs> that we're shattering
0: spent. my illusions.
2: <laughs> well, no, I mean, but again, I think I actually <laughs> think you're right because. You know, like I said, like we weren't just a band that like, you know, did did some gigs. I mean, we're a band that put in a ton of work and a ton of work in the details and the sound. And, you know, it's like riding a bike like you don't lose that. So, I mean, when we it's more like we would have probably made this record if we'd gotten signed back in the day and it might not have sounded as good or been as sort of mature sounding as it is now because we're older and we can bring more to the table. Uh, or choose to bring less to the table because we're mature enough to not have to be so over the top all the time like you would in the early 90s or whatever but at the same time like the material was coming from a band that spent three four years grinding on the road and playing with blues bands and playing with hair metal bands and you know really having to compete and cut our teeth I mean that's Kind of, you know, after that, I, I started this band, The Streetwalking Cheetahs, that went on to have a similar work ethic in terms of just Playing, playing 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 and playing and and have sort of you know like you just show up to cut the heads off of everyone else there like i don't care if they're your friends or not but you go and you go to kill every night and that's sort of the philosophy that i think like we developed in highway 61 because we would get our asses handed to us nightly for a long time like we were playing with really good bands like bb chung king and the buddha heads and you know burning tree and the Havalinas and all these like killer smoking bands that were older and tighter and better than we were so i feel like for it, the first two years of the band was us just getting our fucking asses handed to us and then we kind of figured out how to be a good band and how to compete with these guys and by the end before we broke up the band was a wrecking machine and we were a killer you know but we couldn't get a record deal the time grunge was happening and yeah. you know a band like us just didn't make sense and we were never a huge band so it just you know, but like the quality of like, we got to the point where musically, we were really, really good. And so the material you're hearing is the is the stuff that we were yeah. kind of left off with, you know, where we were like, well, this is the best we got. And finally no one signed us. And, you know, everyone started fighting and because we'd all been together for years and shit, shit would, you know, the way bands break up, especially yeah. when you're young. But the material was, had been like finally tuned from years and years of this arc of the band. You know, we were opening up for Huey Lewis and the News at like the Kern County Fair at one point. You know what I mean? Like that's the kind of band we were, though, where it was like wow, we were opening up for big hit bands and going and opening up for, you know, blues bands and going up and, you know, playing biker festivals when I was like 22 years old. I'd never ridden a motorcycle in my life, and I was playing in front of like 800 bikers, hardcore, like you better not drop the ball, you know what I mean? Because they will literally slice your throat. <laughs> you know so like we, you know we kind of came up the hard way in the, in all that regard and I think what you're hearing from the record is all of that finally coming through because now we're the actual musicians that can like deliver on all that whereas before we were kids man we didn't know what, what we were doing
0: well the, the album, like you said the album is it does sound like it's road worn and it's obviously the production feels very live which is great because it puts it back in the time of this feels like a 70s album which I love. I feel like I've been doing a lot of it lately because I feel like I've been really gravitating towards it because it never goes old for me,
2: you know. We definitely it, it, cut it live. Yeah, we cut the whole thing live in a studio with this great producer named Paul Rossler who plays keyboards all over it. That was, I think, I mean, I've done records where where like it's all done on my computer, and I don't mm-hmm. mean like that I'm playing it, meaning like I'm having musicians send me parts, like I do a demo and then start replacing it with other musicians and sort of build a record that way. And you can do it that way, but this that didn't seem logical for Highway 61, or certainly not on that record. Uh, Like, we had to go in and make a record, you know what I mean? And Especially considering the history of the songs and stuff, I think we were really, you know, it was like get us in a room and let's go make that record we should have made 33 years ago, you know?
1: And, you know, I think the band has just always had a strong musical connection. We've all, and it just felt like we just fell right back into it. I mean, it felt really easy playing with these guys again after all this time. It was amazing how easily it all fell into place, I thought.
0: So what made the change now to do this album? Like, Because the technology's changed and you don't really need anybody, you can kind of do it yourself. Everything's really changed now.
2: Yeah, I mean, there's lots of ways that you can make records these days, but for the most part, we did this the old fashioned way. We, you know, we uh, did some wood shedding ahead of time, talking on the phone and Zoom meetings and stuff, and everyone kind of knew what the materials gonna be. And but then we just went in for two nights and rehearsed and then cut the basic tracks over a long weekend. And but we all have home studios, so then some of the overdubbing and stuff we right. were able to do at our own place and fly stuff in. But Paul, Paul Rossler. He was kind of the central nervous system and his studio kit and robot for the whole thing. In that, like, if we any of us that were working on tracks, it all went to Paul, and he was the guy that makes it. And he was not familiar with the history of the band. I've worked with Paul many times on different projects. And different bands, but like he didn't know the Highway 61 guys, uh, and he didn't know our history. So he came in with totally fresh ears, and he's also not even really a blues rock guy. But that, to me, because he's got such great ears and he's such a great musician, that's he's the perfect guy to work with because he's just gonna hear what he hears and make the call on the you know on the fly. And I think we all found he was the perfect guy for it, and we all really yeah, he liked was him. So great know. to work with. He really yeah. made
1: everything feel so easy. And uh, he had, you know, his studio is beautiful, tons of great gear. I get to play through what is it, 67 Marshall stack. I mean, so, I mean, what's not to like? He was fantastic to work with, he really was.
0: Well, my my other question partially was, because back in the time, back then you you needed a a label to, to put an album out. Now you don't need anything really. You guys have your own studios, as you said. You know, you can do everything digital. You can do, your album can be out digital. You can build it on websites. Like pretty much everything is kind of punky. Yeah, although
2: true, but although we decided to go with a label on this one, which is Rumbar Records. And the reason we did that is that I had worked with Rumbar with the Street Walking Cheetahs. And they had also signed some bands uh, that I knew or that were sort of part of the Cheetahs extended family, the Magnificent and Legendary Swagger and i knew some other bands i just liked this label and i enjoyed working with them and they're a small label but they've got you know a a mighty reach like a lot of credibility and great relationships with radio and great relationships with press and we're not a typical rumbar band they tend to do more like power pop and punk and garage but lou who runs the label like knows good music and he's a fan of the cheetahs and sort of just my work in general. And I just kind of knew that he was going to love it uh, and he did love it and he wanted to get behind it. And uh, I, you know, I think these days, yes, you can do it on your own. And I sometimes do that with my stuff and we were totally willing to go down that route of just putting it out on Bandcamp ourselves, but there is something to be said about, you know, infrastructure, having a team, having someone else to work with, and, you know, having some people to help you out with art Uh, and also someone who you know has relationships that maybe we don't have and can get us some exposure so to me it's worth working with with indie labels if you find the right one and the right people that you can work with and they're not asking for anything outrageous and you know it's sort of a partnership on these sort of per case basis that being said like you know uh, we did the record on our own and then sent it to the labels. So we weren't really yeah. like looking to like get a label's, you know, input on what the record should sound like. We knew what right. we wanted it to sound like, but we also knew the songs were really good. And I was pretty confident that we would find a label. And I was p- pretty confident that Rumbar would be the right label because I just loved the label and thought they were doing great stuff and lose got great taste. That uh, and so we got, you know, we put the first single out in this video, music video, Stranger. And then the new one, uh Black Magic, there's a video coming out. And you know, it's cool, for instance, when you have uh, you know, Lou, the label can take stuff and help us get it placed. So like mm-hmm. Big Takeover magazine is gonna do. Uh, a premiere of the video on June 9th, and like those are the kind of things that if we were on our own, it's harder to get those little yeah. you know press coups and radio coups. We've been played on you know lots of satellite radio and stuff, and it's like that stuff's hard to get without you know proper promotion or a publicist or a radio promo person or whatever. You've seen Spinal Tap, you know how radio promo works. I've seen it so many times, that I actually worked in radio promo for. A while. I've done a little everything in my life.
0: The fact that now I don't do any of it, I don't even work in the field. I've come back with my own time and energy during COVID just to support bands because I know how bad it is.
2: Well, then you're doing it for the right reasons,
0: clearly. Well, just know I'm not in it for the money. So, I'm like, just like everyone else in music, I don't make money on this. I just do it because I want to support bands I like. That's it. So, well, it, right I, I, it's 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 interesting because you have more control. A lot of bands will do that. They'll make their albums and they can present it to an indie label. And do that, we will have more control, which is great as an artist because it almost gives you best of both worlds. But listen to this album; it's neat because I was listening to. It, I can hear where either either you'd have a really good good luck or or a rough time finding a, a label for it because like half the album is scattered is really just rock and roll, and then half of it has is like solid blues, like blues like runs in it, like literally just like blues scales you hear like in it. So I mean, it's like it's not a rock and roll record, but it's not a blues record. You know what I mean? It's like split down the middle. So like, you know, if you're a blues label, yeah. like, well, it's half blues. Or a rock label, I'd be like, oh, it's half rock. Too much blues. You know what I'm saying? Like you never, you're always on the cusp of one or the other because you're kind of like right down the middle with this one. So I mean, that's me, pretty much
2: why we never got a record deal in the first place,
0: I think. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I, I, I get it. That's my point. It's like, and it's always hard because they always want to put everybody on a perfect label. They always want to have the band that sounds just like the band that just had a hit. Exactly, is really what the labels really wanted, always wanted. To me, it's always a home run to have different sounds. You know what I mean? I just, you know, I love I love an album where every song's different. I just, you know, it was another album just like that. Every song's different. And, and this this album, you know, two, it's like two different styles of music and like just mesh together. You know? and, and, and also, as you actually just saw, you did the an acoustic version of Stranger, which I like too. I like the fact that the songs can be torn down. And I imagine every one of these can be torn down acoustically because that's yeah, yeah. really they, how a song can they, be tested.
2: I mean, Andy and I used to write almost everything on acoustic. And to this day, I pretty much write or start everything on acoustic because, you know, who wants to be playing with the big, huge, distorted amp while you're just sitting around watching TV? It's like you kind of just fool around on an acoustic until you got something right. to work with but even if i'm writing metal or punk rock i feel like it still kind of starts on the you know what a guitar sounds cool. like if you can imagine what the band and stuff but the overall song should kind of work in its most stripped down fashion because that's sort of the primordial idea you know what i mean um but yeah i mean i don't know you're right i mean it's we're a rock and roll band we're a bluesy rock and roll band i, I think these days with bands like you know rival sons and gary clark jr there i think people kind of understand that you can be a little blues and a little rock. oh yeah i think it's definitely uh, back now you know yeah. in, a, in a good way and it all was... of our guys our big influences i think you know tom petty and jeff Beck, and you know rod stewart and the stones those guys all kind of walk that line between those two you know what i mean uh So I don't know. I don't know. I, I feel like we just kind of r- would write songs and then pick the best songs and those would become the ones that we'd focus on. You know what I mean? Because you know, they're not all great. You know, you know sometimes I'm- you write some cr- some crappy songs and you just, those ones go by the wayside.
1: We've just always played what we like, I think, you know, I mean, if the songs appeal to us, we figure they're going to appeal to other people. I don't think we spent a lot of time like trying to define our style into one particular area or um you know really get pigeonholed it was interesting uh another reviewer said oh Jesus, stranger single it's five minutes i mean who releases a five minute single you know and honestly i had never even thought about the song being five minutes long you know it's we just play what we like and what sounds right to us and the funny part was is they listened they played the song and they went wow that was the shortest five minutes we've ever listened to that was great you know so we just play what we feel and what we like, and I don't think we really put a lot, lot of thought in trying to, you know, follow mm-hmm. one particular sound. The demos for the new record have some stuff that's really sort of country flavored, that's nice, and uh, just we got a lot of different sounds that we can do. So, so are you guys now them. back? Is this is this like the beginning? This is the first
0: album, and you guys are gonna this is gonna be an ongoing band project? since you guys all have other things going on also like what's the future of this, this, uh, you know what I'm saying?
2: I mean, I think it's like, I think it's real likely we put out a second record. We already, we had, we we had enough material left over from the old stuff. We could have just done a second record with that, but we got, you know, once we made the first record, because all of us have home studios, we kind of pretty quickly fell into writing some new songs. So we've got a whole bunch of stuff demo. Plus there's a lot of stuff, from the back in the day that we still hadn't hit. And we right. took a few of those ideas and we're working on revamping them. So I think there's enough material to do a second record. It's just kind of putting it on a timeline and figuring oh, out yeah. what to do. Oh, I didn't and, think it'd be and, you a, know, we, and we a, did a bunch of material, gig. you know. I didn't we, think we did a bunch sure of gigs it. too. Uh, right when the record came out, we did a slew of gigs, which were the first time we played live together in forever. We did a bunch of like right at the end of the year and then uh, did uh, like this mini tour with this guy Adam bomb and this yeah. uh, sort of guitar hero guy and uh and that was really fun because not only was it the first time we played gigs in forever but we played a bunch of them in a row and you know how being in a band a musician is like it's nice when you can do a bunch of gigs in a row because after a couple you get really cooking you know that's like after you've yeah. done your set like t- twice in a row you show up to that third gig and you're like all right we know exactly what we're doing now you know and you know it the, so that was really fun to like get a bunch of gigs under our belt so hopefully we'll just get some more gigs and make a second record and you know do all that bad stuff i, I don't know that we're going to become like this hard touring band no no i don't, I don't mean that. that but i mean you guys are together to this point yeah but we're together but and we together, enjoy playing and together, together technology. And you guys kind of can so.
0: yeah right even every couple of years to now I'm like there's no sense now you're a great unit yeah. you're toned That just yeah exactly this could be this is an ongoing thing you guys need to do when it works yeah. schedules and songs already that fit this band. I mean. And then you work on it and do some band stuff, videos and some playing out. I mean, it'd almost be a crime if not, to just make the as like a, as a- come, A crime, he together.
2: says, a crime.
0: Okay, hey, that's, go,
1: that's going in the bio.
0: <laughs> there you go. Well, no, it is, I mean, if, if you have a really good band, you sound good, it's so hard to get good musicians. You guys know that. It's so hard to get that great chemistry, that, that lighting in a bottle and have a good sound and finally have a sound and have a tone and be established like you know who you are. Right. And then be like, yeah, we're just gonna do one album after all these years. Like, yeah. Like, yeah.
2: I also I think it, it. I it also think one it's one kind of thing. frustrating when when bands only make one record because you know I know when I find a band I like and I'm like, what? They only made
0: one album? Damn,
2: you know. Like, it's like
0: one series, it's like one season of something. It's hard to get invested in something. You're like, yeah, it's good, yeah. but I mean, where else am I going to keep going with it? You know. Exactly. No, it's true. And it's fine. Mean, and obviously nowadays, and obviously, Frank, you know, you can be in a bunch of bands, and a lot of musicians are in a lot of different bands, and like every two three years, they get back with that artist and it almost feels like it's more it, it's almost healthier you know it's, it, her, her creativity is even better for some of these people now because they're taking a break and coming back refreshed. yeah i've been
2: i've been trying to keep this insane clip of um you know three or four active bands simultaneously that are releasing new records so like last year there was uh you know a trade the trading aces record the highway 61 re- or no I, within the last year trading aces record highway 61 record a new cheetahs record and an old cheetahs record um and you know a bunch of other little appearances and things i did but now i'm working you know on a new cheetahs record a new trading aces record we'll get to a new highway 61 record and i kind of want to keep this clip where you know they're all the bands are functioning in some capacity, you know, Trading Aces does a lot more live stuff, so does the Cheetahs, than Highway 61, but that's fine, you know, like, you can have multiple stuff, and they can all be active in in different ways. Trading Aces also is more of a band based in Europe and not really do, you know what I mean? Like, that's kind of like, we've got a territory that we're focusing on. Cheetahs are a West Coast thing, but we don't really go to the East Coast. Highway 61 has done a bunch of shows and, and is recording, and we'll sort of, we'll see what that means in terms of how and when and why it makes sense but nobody to
0: comes to the east coast i get you i'm hearing what you're saying nobody comes to the East well, Coast. well at the moment not
2: really because it's it, you know it's expensive to be honest it's really that's what it always comes down to is just like i know, I know. You know we're money. an la band all my bands are la band so it's like you know to do more than getting out out of the west coast becomes more of an expensive endeavor that's one of the reasons why i did trading aces which is my for those that don't know what the hell i'm talking about it's my european based sort of sleaze rock band kind of and uh is that those guys are all based in europe and they're all established musicians and it just it kind of allows me a way to go and tour over there but much like it's tough to get my bands over there it's going to be tough and expensive to get trading aces over the united states so that's why i kind of just have these different projects and each one kind of has its own focus and its own like you know designs as far right. as I, I do get that I, high, i'm just know?
0: busting your stones because the people that I have heard but i'm not going to join on i do break down the show started with me actually uh talking about the cost of shirts and how much it costs for band to do this that's, that was how the show got inspired yeah i mean that's so i know why people can do it i've probably done a billion times for so the people that are listening so i won't draw it on i do know why i, I always like to break down why band can't do it I couldn't yeah no I mean it's life. it's
2: expen- <laughs> it's expensive and it takes a lot of energy to be in a band I mean you know uh yeah. just to just to, to do things like you just said to make merch to to build a website i mean sometimes you know you have to either all be able to do this stuff yourself or be able to afford to do it otherwise and if you don't do it like people are like what you're not on social media what you don't have merch what you're not on the cool touring, and
0: touring you know? is like you know it's a grand it's a grand today for like a bus a small thing it's hard to get oh, buses yeah. right now because it's covid everybody wanted one now all of a sudden Is a shortage of that the gas prices and then if you yeah. have merch you got to tow your merch So which means it's going to cost more on your gas. You have to figure out how many shirts yeah. you're going to make in advance. You got to pay for the shirts in advance. The
2: Tolls, get, hotel um, rooms. You're know. getting
0: taxed and the clubs are actually taking an extra tax out of your merch again. Nowadays it's getting worse. Yeah. yeah, It's, it's, it's crazy. Isn't a,
2: it is, And then in the States law. you got to deal with the fact that most of the bigger venues are all owned by Live Nation or another operator like that. So if you're not in that game you're not even hitting any of those venues yeah. it's a whole it's a whole racket but 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 anyways uh that all you being said <laughs> th- that all being said that's why i think with, with our band with highway 61 and just the way i've been operating in general is like you, you know you 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 can't you have to figure out what you want to do and what your goals are and live within those goals because if you set a bunch of unrealistic goals you're just going to fail, you know what I mean? And, you know, failing early on and stuff as you learn how to, how to you know, Not do it is fine. But when you get to the point, you know, like we're all adults in this, if I'm going to keep playing music, it's got to like make sense and it can't just be a financial bloodbath every time. So you have to figure out ways to work within the independent industry or create your own independent little empire or a combination of the both or whatever your approach is. But you can't just sort of just sit there and piss away money on random shit you know what i mean like well, you know yeah, you to need to make a into-
0: profit you guys don't yeah, well, musicians don't get insurance and, and, musicians and the way that you make it and, and the way spouses, you make a profit you, need to is you have live. to
2: decide yeah you have to decide what your goals are like if i'm gonna make this record what's it gonna cost who might who's gonna buy it how do right. i reach those people how long do i give you know to sort of set mm-hmm. some realistic goals before you just jump in, you know what I mean, which Andy and I did with this band, you know, we sort of decided, you know, or kind of thought about between the four of us, but I think it started with Andy and I just kind of going well what is you know what are we going to do, you know what I mean and then when we got the label involved it's like not you, you know you got to look at it realistically, it's not like oh we just got signed to a label we're going to be huge now. You know what I mean? You got to go, okay, well, this is this label that's doing this. And, you know, we kind of understand where we're operating and how much they're pressing and what we're doing and what kind of numbers is realistic for, so that you're not just sitting there and setting yourself up to get, you know, bam, 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 just shot full of holes and and die, you know?
0: Now, are you doing all the videos? Because I know you are a video guy.
2: Uh, yeah, so far, we've done two music videos and I directed them. I tend to direct most of my band's videos for really the only reason is that I don't have to hire myself. I'm willing to work for free if I'm hiring me. So uh Well, I would and, think and it's gonna be a balance, I, right
0: though. Besides economic, I mean at this point you know what you want and, and it's gotta be hard
2: to, yeah, to be yeah, for told sure. what
0: to do for your own creative process. Not saying an actor. Yeah. But when you're doing something musical, it's like I kind of know what I need to do.
2: Yeah, yeah. I, I direct them and I edit them and usually I just go in knowing what I want out of it so like, I can kind of move it quickly and keep it on whatever budget we're going to do and it makes life easier. Um, I've certainly done videos where I was just a musician. I didn't have to worry about all that stuff but a lot of them lately, certainly since COVID, I just kind of act as a one-man band. All, all, I mean, I do hire, like you said, I'll hire actresses, I'll hire a DP, I'll right. hire, you know, I got to rent gear. I just, and then lately I've been doing a lot of, music video directing for other artists um like i just did two videos for the dwarves and with that i had to you know i had to get a special effects person and a prop master and rent out a club and pay some insurance and you know just do all the things you have to do to make a real music video but they had the budget for all that stuff so it's like if you're and then what i do Away from all this is direct for much more corporate gigs. so it's like you know if I'm given two hundred and fifty thousand dollars to go make a big corporate yeah. spot, then that's the that's the gig we're gonna do. But if I've got two thousand dollars to make a music video or two hundred dollars, then that's what I'll work with. you know what I mean? but you know, I'd rather it's more fun to work with with uh two hundred and fifty thousand dollars <laughs> there's no doubt about that, but
0: <laughs> I would imagine it would be. So so Black Magic is the second it's sec, that's the second single cuz you are not are you counting your your acoustic thing as your second video. That would be your so Black Magic is your third.
2: Yeah, yeah, that was kind of a little bonus thing. Little uh, Black now. Magic's okay. out on June 9th and we did a video for that back in I guess February it was and um uh it it's it came out really really good. It's very kind of witchy and uh the vi- the has got this sort of Santana wouldn't you say I mean Andy wrote the song he can kind of tell you but yeah, it's yeah. definitely got a sort of witchy mysterious moody vibe and we made a video that kind of feels almost David Lynch sort of very abstract and artsy and uh, it's got a real uh, cool actress who's uh, you'll see it's it's very gothy and it's I don't know I really like but Andy wrote the song so he can tell you more about the, the vibe of the song Andy
0: Wait, are you frozen? I don't think he's frozen there
2: Oh, I think he's frozen. I thought he was just really intensely listening to us. Oh, like no. man. Well, Andy, if you're there, you're frozen. Maybe jump back in. Yeah, pop out again. No, I'll just edit that part back. But but yeah, Andy wrote the song, and that was the song that kind of um prompted us to make the record in a way, because basically um he was, you know, he was he hadn't played music in a long time and i was kind of coaxing him to you know hey man you should start writing some songs again and the first song he wrote was black magic and it was a real vague idea oh there you are Andy. is you yeah yeah,
1: sorry
2: i I was tossing to you because he was asking about black magic i told him about the video and said you wrote the song but essentially i was telling andy had a couple new song ideas and that was one of them and wasn't even really a completed idea yet, but I, I was like, "Ooh, that song's really good. You should keep working on that." And that became "Black Magic," which is the single. <laughs> Are you there, I Andy? Think
0: froze. I think I think it's frozen.
2: Oh my god! And oh, oh, the, oh, there, no. you go.
0: there you go.
2: Jesus, <laughs> it's so funny. Anyways, so yeah, Black Magic. Black Magic, so
1: yeah, so I was working on Black Magic, we started talking about it, uh, you know, Frank said, that's the song, finish that song, I finished the song, we got together, we did the demo, came out really nice, and then we got the other guys involved, so that's the short story.
0: Well, it's, it's cool, it makes a lot of sense, and it's kind of cool because it's the song that kind of puts you guys back together again, too.
1: Yeah, like so that.
0: It becomes a single, it's kind of cool.
2: I think part of it, too, is because once we decided that we wanted to do this one song and the other guys were down for it, you know, Russell, our bass player, lives in Louisiana, so suddenly he was buying a plane ticket. And I think it was almost like, you know, if Russell's going to fly all the way down here, maybe we should uh, do more than one song. And then it was like, well, what would we record? And as we that kind of prompted us to start listening back to the old demos and stuff, and was like, oh, well, clearly this one, this one, this, you know. And then that became 10, 11 songs, whatever the final track listing is. And uh, we just kind of picked the best of this stuff. But 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 some of that was because like, well, as long as everyone's gonna be going, you know, rehearsing and getting together, I mean, why just do one song, you know? So we ended up making a record, and it, and and it, you know came out a lot more cohesive than you'd think, given those circumstances that we just explained. <laughs> well,
0: and it does. It sounds like, like I said, to me, hearing it without knowing anything, I didn't even know you were on it. I just heard, it just like, like, wow, this is a really great band, which is kind of exciting and fun as, as a fan of music. So I'd have no preconceived notions of your past history or the band's past history or anything. When I listen to it, you know, it just sounds like a hardworking band that's been playing for a while.
2: Well, that's you know? that's great. That's the goal,
0: right? So, yeah. I mean, and there's no timeline on music because let see, the album was I mean, how long ago was
2: the album released? A
0: couple months ago, at this point?
2: Yeah, March, sometime like mid mid March, end of March, like the...
1: April. A couple months ago, a few
2: months
0: ago. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's hard because once once COVID happened, I time just kind of went out the window for me, like and it hasn't come back. Like timelines for anything now, and it almost feels like for music, it's wide open, you know, for releases. Yeah. yeah,
2: I mean, a lot of bands these days are just doing singles and not even really doing albums. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I have no problem with with putting out individual singles, but, you know, I think for me personally, I just, I can't quite keep it to just one song. I've always got a bunch of songs. So albums always make sense to me as a format because I feel like you can still just, fo- you can still release a single from an album and spend your time or your marketing campaign on one song. Right. But I always like the, you know, the idea that there's a little body of work that maybe has some cohesiveness and has something to say, and of course you could pick the best songs out of there as the singles, but I think it's fun when you when you listen, if you like it, the one song, you go, oh, here's the other nine songs or whatever from this right. little body of work, as, you know.
0: As a fan, I, I actually still do albums, but if I'm going to do listen to an album online, I'll do it like an iTunes, and singles are kind of paying pain in the butt because I like to organize them. It's not like an album. It's not going to stream very easily. You have a playlist, and the next thing you know, I'm playing DJ, and I'm Making the, you know what I mean? And I don't like usually getting rid of songs. I like to keep it like the album. I like, to, I like the order. The song order means something to me generally. You know, mm-hmm. as an artist, if you have an album, you'll see what's streaming. Kind of a throwback to when the radio stations would get two songs and sometimes the B side would become the single all of a sudden. You hear some miraculous story where, you know, some song on the B side became the big hit in, in somewhere, you know, in D- Dakota or something, and that became the new single as musicians now you know what's going on with your songs if you put an album out you know what's streaming better than others. yeah
2: for sure and well shit if you go on spotify you go on youtube they just tell you right there you right
0: exactly how much Which yeah. kind of make, but it makes it easy for you to say well i think i know what my next single's going to be i don't have to do any market
1: research
2: yeah and, yeah and true it's true
1: interesting because you know uh we've got a couple songs like on youtube the, the song that's gotten the most play is downtown girl, which we haven't really pushed or released as a single and it's gotten by far the most plays. Not sure why, but, um, and recently, uh, Tim Livingston radio warfare picked up uh, another one of our songs. It's not a single an album track breath away. And that's been doing really well. It was on the top 75 in the Indie charts and it was number one on his chart. And, um, but those are the things that we really kind of need to happen, I think. You know, you need people to dig through the record and pull out of the tracks because, you know, you can push the singles, but there's a lot on there. Well, I think it's hit,
0: And it's helpful. I mean, you, you really can't figure out, I don't care if it says like what's going to be big. Like sometimes there are artists that come on this show, like because it's YouTube, but it's also podcasts on, you know, Spotify and iTunes and everything else in the sun. And then people pick it up on Podbean and it gets, people re-put it out there. So I really have no idea, like it goes bigger. Sometimes an artist will get will look really small, like on the YouTube views, but on my podcast, it'll get like 10,000 streams and it'll have like, you know, a couple, you know, small numbers, looks like no one's watching it. And it wouldn't be an artist you would think, or vice versa, You're like, oh, this one's gonna be big on this one. It doesn't matter what age or genre or anything. It, it just, it hits weird. And yeah, I
1: mean, it's, it's very hard. It's very hard, and I do a lot. It's very hard to understand, and I try to do – I'm not an expert, but I do some of the marketing for the band. We basically do everything. And it's very hard sometimes to understand why certain things do well and certain things don't do well.
0: I don't understand. I just do stuff I like at this point. I was trying to figure it out to say, all right, so I guess maybe it's page-based and this and that. The and more I look at the demos, the less I understand. I don't understand yeah. my audience. <laughs> I don't yeah. understand anything. You know, it just makes sense. <laughs> But I don't even. Yeah, like I to know, a lot kids, of times so it just really. doesn't make
1: sense. You're
0: like, "Oh, this is gonna work for
1: sure," and then it doesn't work at all.
0: Yeah, I thought I had a few times. I'm like, well, oh, this will be this big here. This one will be bigger here." You know, this is the audience for this, and I was so wrong. Now,
2: yeah.
0: I just yeah, put it up very, and I, I let it go.
1: <laughs> yeah, you kind of got to. You kind of got to throw it out there and hope, hope for the best, and let it do what it does. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. but but the one thing, good thing, it's like, and I want to encourage. You, we'll have the. People
0: should go to your website and I say just want to say we should go to your um, to YouTube, subscribe to your YouTube channel, you need to get some traffic over there because you do have some videos over there, it looks like you have some demos, you have a few things over there. So we need to get some people over there. But it's it's good to be, you know, they can stream you to have all these different platforms because everyone looks listens to things differently, you know. I mean that's it. I just put it up there and whoever whatever fans of you guys are mixed or whatever comes across could be in all different platforms or might discover you, you know.
1: Yeah. It's, well, I, I think one of the things we didn't realize and has been emphasized to us by Lou rumbars it um the the first place a lot of people go to listen to music now is YouTube it's not yeah. where I necessarily go first but they say a lot of people go to YouTube first now so YouTube music streams uh are important I guess to get out there and get as many of them as you can
0: you could put your own stuff you could put your own albums up there on YouTube because yeah, you got I mean, money for it because it'll you get paid for it, maybe not off your channel, but the streams will get the copyright and the commercials will still come back to you another way.
1: Yeah, well, we, we it's it is on YouTube through CD Baby, which we released it through, and
0: that I mean, put it on your channel, I'm saying put it on your channel itself one song at a time Put the artwork up do the song a lot of people do it a lot of artists are doing it themselves because it okay. really helps because people are going to go to your site If the album's right there you make it you make a list you know people are just go to stream right through the albums you know it's the best way like a playlist you make a playlist of your album on on, on that on that site because it should all go there
1: it should all come yeah
0: to the one site
1: we do have a playlist of, of the album on the on our youtube page so Is there? Anybody okay. wants to hear it, they can check it out anytime
0: Awesome. So, what are, yeah, the, what are the future plans as we as we do wrap this up? I want, I do want to say like what people are going to see coming out. We got the the video coming up. Are right, there going to be any more videos over the over the course of the year? Maybe not planned right now. Some more playing out. Some dates. Like, what's the future of people getting invested? Yeah. Well, you know.
2: Yeah, we, go ahead, Frank. I was just going to say the the single uh, Black Magic singles out on um, June ninth, and Big Takeover Magazine, their website is gonna premiere the video uh and the video is pretty elaborate pretty pretty wild, pretty hot and, and uh and uh and then uh after that, we had talked it's about weird. another video. It sort of remains to be seen what that would be, but like Andy said, downtown girls seems to for whatever reason get more hits than all the rest of the songs combined, so I would think maybe that would be a wise choice um. <laughs> And then uh, we just launched a website, Highway 61 LA, uh, that's kind of got like all the places you can find the video and the music and the social. Uh, that, and will
0: be, that will be be the link underneath the show and the yeah. podcast. So when people, like, and then, listen, you know,
2: we're on Instagram and Facebook, same address, Highway 61 LA. Um, and um, but yeah, so we've just been kind of getting the getting the stuff out there. I think it's fun. Like, you know, we did that acoustic thing. It'd be fun to do more sort of like different versions of the songs too, where it's. I I would be down for that. Yeah. You know, I like that kind of stuff. So, you know, see what happens. That's
1: awesome. I'd also love to do something with maybe another Rumbar artist combined with like someone like Kate Redgate or something like that. See if we could get her to do something with us or someone, someone from Rumbar. Maybe Luke can hook us up with someone. That would be fun. That would be really fun. So I just as
0: long as people know, people know that it's not a one-off album. Yeah, and you guys as a band, you guys can be like one of their new favorite bands, and not just a one-album thing. And be like, yeah,
2: no, we've already got like I don't know, fourteen songs or something demoed for another record, and and tons of older stuff. We, you know, and I'm sure. I mean, writing has never been the issue. I write tons of songs. Andy writes songs. We've been collaborating on stuff uh and, and Russell and Russell writes songs too yeah. was sort of the the shocker uh because we knew he was a great singer and a great bass player but as soon as we kind of lit the fuse he started cranking out new material too and he can sing as well as I can I mean he's got a totally different style of voice real smooth and more of a higher voice it's a nice combination my vibe and his vibe vocally yeah. uh and he can he- easily sing lead vocals and carry a song so it's a really nice bonus and when he started hauling off a bunch of new songs it was like "Ooh, shit didn't expect yeah that. he wrote a
1: few really nice songs that yeah. I, he hadn't contributed any songs before and he came up with a few really nice songs so that was a nice bonus
2: for sure
0: very cool excellent
1: well i, I want to thank you guys this is awesome i want to encourage people to check you out this is
0: you know i i found you guys just i don't know just find itunes i don't know what i was listening to it
1: just kind of puts you into that little algorithm <laughs> that you know.
2: rabbit hole Well, thanks. All right, good. As
1: long as we're popping up on there, hopefully people will hear us. But we appreciate you having us on. This was really fun, great conversation, and um, really appreciate it.
0: Next album, we'll come back again, too. We'll revisit you guys.
1: Right on. Thanks, man. Thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Thanks, John. Take care. Really nice. Take Take it easy, buddy.